Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined here by Drew Silva as we go over all the latest headlines in this baseball limbo uh, that we find ourselves in. What should be opening day? Happy opening day, Drew. Uh, <laughs> how are you uh, holding up? Not well. <laughs> um, and you know, this is like usually a, a really busy day for us but it's a super fun day like the way that mlb schedules the games they get going at 11 a.m my time at least and and run through the west coast games late night um it's just really fun and to to really get into the flow of the season and you know i went ahead and posted my power rankings um which i would normally do every week uh throughout the season we can get into those later uh because we're kind of hurting for content at this point um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just sad. I wish, I wish we were, we had some real topics to talk about that it was, it would make for a much more interesting and fun show. Well, there's certainly been a ton. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. ...of chatter this week about when baseball could resume, how much of a season we could actually see. I think a lot of that is because uh, Major League Baseball wants to let the fans know as opening day, you know, the the originally scheduled opening day was approaching that they have a plan uh, and inspire some confidence that there will be a season. I saw something earlier this week from Craig Mish of uh, Sirius XM that there's still talk of 140 to 150 games being played which sounds like really pie in the sky to me. 
uh, you know, weekly yeah, double headers, all that kind of stuff. That seems like unlikely and also dangerous for the players. Well, you know, Scott Boris was talking about like a a neutral site World Series to take place around Christmas, but like, how does that affect 2021? Exactly, you'd have to push that back. I mean, yeah, everything would have everything would affect everything else, and I just. I think it would be cool, but uh, but yeah, then we'd be getting a later start next year, and then would that affect the year after that? It would just be, you're opening a Pandora's box with that, um, so I don't know how likely that is. I mean, if they end up playing 80 games this year, I'd be thrilled, you know what I mean? Yeah, at um, this point, I agree with you, and I think these leagues, uh, including the NBA and the NHL, need to like just get creative, um, do some kind of like tournament-style yeah. You're not, you're not, I'm, you know, the owners I'm sure are, are upset that they're not going to get a hundred plus games, but you know, TV revenue could be big time for something kind of like a, a tournament. I don't know how you do it in baseball, but there are smarter people out there than me that could figure it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone just has to accept like this year is going to be weird and you know, let's, this is a perfect time to experiment and to try some things, at least, you know, when it's safe to do so. Uh, so I think we will see that. It does seem like there will be maybe expanded playoffs this year. So you're just like you were saying with like a tournament, like a round robin type of tournament, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think could be really cool. Right before we started recording, uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN reported that uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have agreed to a deal on the shortened season. Uh, the players have voted for it already, and the owners are expected to a vote for it. You know, it will pass. Uh, on Friday. Um, basically, I think the most important note here is that uh, the players will get full service time this year, regardless of whether there actually is a season. Uh, so that includes Mookie Betts, JT Romuto, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, among those top uh, uh, possible free agents after the 2020 season. So that obviously brings up the awkward scenario of Mookie Betts never playing a game for the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, service time is like the lifeblood, the kind of hidden lifeblood of baseball. Yeah. Um, so this, this, this has like wide ranging effects, you know, um, to, to prospects, to impending free agents, to guys entering arbitration. And I saw that the players are not allowed to be penalized in arbitration for putting up lower counting stats in a shortened season. Like mm -hmm. it's just, you're not allowed to bring that to the table. And the draft is going to be shortened uh, to potentially five rounds, um, which obviously not great for amateur players. Yeah. Um, so there's already a lot of speculation that uh, some of the high end uh, players coming out of high school, uh, they might just decide to go to college and, you know, jump back in later. I saw I saw that uh, undrafted players can agree to a flat fee bonus of twenty thousand dollars. So, mm. I mean, this is like just so designed by this is this is what ownership wants like a smaller draft and a smaller minor league system which right. i don't know if is like necessarily a terrible idea business wise um but yeah i mean it, it looks bad for for amateur baseball players and you know the player the the made the mlbpa members which are the established major leaguers you know they're gonna make out fine in this like you know, Mookie Betts, like you said, Real Muto, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, still heading for free agency, might not have to suit up at all this year. Um, players still getting into their first, second, third years of arbitration. 
Um, but yeah, amateur baseball takes a hit for sure. And my, yeah. and minor leaguers for that matter. Yeah. I mean, they're not at the negotiating table here. Um, mm-hmm. so they're not going to be a top priority to them. And I, I, I guess I understand that, but, uh, it's still unfortunate to see that for the, for the amateur, uh, athletes. So, um, we'll just continue to follow that and see how things play out. I think maybe the, the service time thing and also the arbitration was kind of like an olive branch, uh, as far as the next CBA. So the owners wanted to give a little something to the players. So, you know, there's some good faith going around uh, because the last thing we need is a shortened season this year and then uh, some kind of labor dispute next year. You know what I mean? So uh, it's really important that there's good feelings on both sides. And uh, while I, you know, I think the uh, amateur athlete side of it is regrettable, uh, at least they're agreeing on something. And I think it's important to, to get something done. So there, there's definitely a lot of positives here. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the players were going to try to get the service time system changed in the next CBA. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder how, you know, the owners extending this olive branch, maybe they put that on the back burner. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of come to the table a little more cordial. Um, cause I, I thought that that was one thing that was really going to hold up the new CBA being ratified and possibly lead to a strike next year. Right. Um, you know, maybe shrinking it from six years of service time to get to free agency to like five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Also the players, um, they got $170 million in advance pay to right. cover April and May to split amongst them essentially. Um, if there is no season, the players will keep that money, I think, in exchange for not suing uh, for the amount of their full salaries. And then if, if a season does happen, I, I assume they'll get prorated yeah. salaries. Um, and then if a season does happen and like a prospect gets called up, I, I was writing up our, our mock draft that we did last night on Wednesday night. We can talk about that a little bit, too. But for prospects like a, a Dylan Carlson or, or Mackenzie Gore, um, I guess it matters more for, for position players, but like if, if Carlson is on the opening day roster for the Cardinals, um, it would be prorated service time. And so if the season doesn't start until June or July, you know, th- that really wouldn't affect his free agency six years from now. Right. Am I getting that right? I think so. I guess, yes. I guess we don't really know yet um, un- until all the details of this come out, but that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um. So, so that makes those kind of guys more interesting, at least in fantasy, I think. Uh, another news item this week when Rob Manfred was on uh, ESPN, I think it was Wednesday night, he said that the report regarding the sign stealing investigation with the Red Sox is done. Uh, but obviously it's been delayed uh, due to the pandemic and all the fallout from that. But he still expects that report to be released before games end up being played. So uh, that's still something that's lurking in the background and we'll see uh, what goes on with that. Um, but let's get to some of these headlines. Um uh, and I think the top one for this week, uh, Noah Syndergaard, it's the big headline of the week. Um, it's unclear, you know, when this all started, but, uh, he went for an MRI on his elbow shortly after spring training was suspended, uh, sought multiple opinions, uh, but ultimately opted to undergo Tommy John surgery, uh, was due to take place on Thursday in West Palm beach, Florida. And, uh, surgery will keep him out for, you know, it, certainly all of this season, Uh, maybe as much as the first half next year as well. Uh, Usually it's 12 to 16 months. Uh, So we're not going to see him for at least a year. 
Uh, his final year of team control is next year, so that's his walk year as well. So uh, a big year for Syndergaard next year. Um, you know, surgery is always a risk with any pitcher. You don't want surgery. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if there was any year it had to happen, I think this would be the season to miss for a pitcher. Um, but with Syndergaard, as hard as he throws, I think many have speculated for a long time uh, that it was kind of, you know, just a matter of time. Uh, before something like this would happen, do you want do you want to criticize him for having an elective surgery at a time like this? I, no. Okay, <laughs> that's I, been a, a a common talking point on Twitter. I, I don't understand. I mean, maybe you would use some like medical equipment that you could use elsewhere, but I don't really see that as super likely. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I just, I brought that up as a a joke, but no, I know I I, I saw it too. Plus it's taking place in Florida. It's not in New York. If it was in New York, then I'd be like, that is a little questionable. Plus like the people that are doing these surgeries are, you know, they're specialists in their particular field. Right. And yeah, David Altchek and James Andrews and Neil Alatrash are not treating coronavirus patients. You know, they, they own their own facilities and um, you know, I, I guess that's capitalism, but you know, it's, I, I think, I think it was kind of a, a ridiculous talking point. And, and also like he, he has an acute strain of his ulnar collateral ligament. And if it's not addressed, it could affect his career. So I don't really know how elective it is to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I, I, yeah, I saw that too. I mean, it's, it's not worth getting too upset about. Um, yeah. Right. Um, there are a so... lot more things to get angry out in the world <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. But with the Mets rotation, it, it was weird. Uh, in spring training, uh, Stephen Matz was competing for a spot in the rotation. There was not assured of one. Uh, but now Matz and and Michael Waka uh, are both assured of rotation spots to begin the year, along with Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, and Rick Porcello. Um, I think the plus for the Mets, obviously, missing Syndergaard is terrible. Uh, you know, he could be a potential number two starter in a rotation, and now... Uh, the depth takes a hit. That safety net takes a hit. I don't think you can count on Michael Walker to stay healthy. You know that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really no small thing with word of how MLB wants to squeeze in as many games as they can. Teams might be rolling with six-man rotations. Uh, we could see starters still getting stretched out when the when the season actually starts. Um, so I think teams are really going to need uh, quite a bit of starting pitcher depth to to get through the year. Yeah, I, for for fantasy purposes, I don't. This is just bad news for for Syndergaard. I think like you know, I Stephen Matz like some has some streaming value from time to time. I, I don't really, just don't really like Waka anymore. Um, had that shoulder capsule injury uh, four years ago, which it can't be addressed with the surgical procedure. It's just kind of part of his arm now. Um, and even when he hasn't been on the injured list, he's had ERAs in the high fours and the strikeout rate is down and walks a lot of batters. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much there to, to parse through and, and find any positives from, uh, even if you're not a Syndergaard owner. And as far as depth with the Mets, I think the name to watch, probably the most upside, if, you know, let's say Waka ends up missing time, David Peterson, the Mets first round pick from 2017, uh, he's the one I'm most excited about potentially getting a chance during the year. Uh, the rest of the names aren't that inspiring, uh, who are lower on the depth, depth chart. Walker Lockett, Erasmo Ramirez is with the Mets now. Uh, Corey Oswalt, names like that. I, those don't really 
Those aren't too exciting from a fantasy perspective. So uh, we'll see if Peterson can make some progress this year. Uh, I think he could be someone to watch there. Uh, Before we move on, I'm sure we're going to see plenty of late fantasy drafts this year. So with that in mind, remember you can find a ton of analysis and draft prep courtesy of the online version of the Roto-World Baseball Draft Guide. It's loaded with everything you need to get ready for draft day. Uh, We now even have a cheat sheet product if you need something quick and easy uh, to bring to your draft. It's going to be up to date, so it will account for Syndergaard's Tommy John surgery, Chris Sale, etc., and a special offer here, go to roadworld.com slash win and use promo code POD20 to get 20% off all of our premium products. Yeah, and there's a new draft guide in there, or a new mock draft, I'm sorry, that we that we conducted on Wednesday night. Just finished the analysis of that, uh, like right before we started. So I'm a little ill-prepared for this podcast. Uh, it's okay. There's not a lot going tell. on, so it's yeah. all good. <laughs> um, but I, I was hoping to get it done, like, during the day today um but i i like mlb.com told its beat writers to live tweet their replays of old games mm. did you did you see that were you on twitter a lot this i was not on twitter a lot today i i did see you know they're making every effort to still make opening day kind of exciting you know all the different platforms they had yeah. games uh even on mlb network there were classic games on uh so it was kind of cool but I, I honestly only watch like little snippets because I, I don't know. I'm going to get my fill of baseball eventually. I, I'm I'm baseball all the time regardless. You know what I mean? So I didn't have to tune into it. Um, but no, I, I thankfully I avoided Twitter today as much as possible. I, I ultimately felt bad about complaining about it because like, you know, they're searching for content and we're, we're doing the same thing. Like, why are we even doing this podcast? Yeah. Um, why, why are we even doing a mock draft? You know? Yeah, no, um, it's, it's a weird, weird time. And I think yeah. the only, the thing that it provided today uh, was just sort of comfort and just reminding people like, yeah, it's weird right now. It probably will be for the next few months, but like baseball will be here on the other side. And I think that's just comforting for people to know. And I also think sometimes people get nostalgic when they want that kind of comfort. So uh, it really, you know, if you needed that today, I think MLB did a did a great job for you, even if it wasn't really my cup of tea necessarily. Yeah, just from a selfish point of view, as I was like trying to I was on a news shift. So I'm trying to track transactions that are going on and then also trying to write a mock draft in my feed is just going nuts with like <laughs> the same shtick like oh I, I wonder if you know not a good night for david freeze i, I wonder how he's <laughs> gonna turn it around like all right we've all seen this before you know <laughs> like it's not that funny we should mention something else about this deal between mlb and mlbpa uh there'll be no more roster moves um when this deal is ratified by the owners expected to be friday there'll be a transaction freeze in place um it's unclear when it might be lifted, but presumably this is just going to be a dark time for a little while. I, I don't I don't mean that literally, but uh, <laughs> teams are just going to, you know, uh, put a freeze on all roster moves, at least until there's more clarity about when the season might begin. So uh, that's something to watch, too. Don't look for any signings or trades or which is bad news for, you know, Yasiel Puig, who's still out there, but uh, Scooter Jeanette, guys like that. Um, so that's another thing to watch for. So there's not going to be a lot of, uh, transaction updates on, on Roto world after Thursday. So I yeah, guess I'm a little, su- yeah, I'm a little surprised they didn't do that right when they suspended spring training. Like there's, 
you know, teams have been optioning players and trimming their roster down to uh, the final 26. It, it could be more than 26 when they actually start things up. But um, like some players have been optioned that you think will actually be there on the roster when whenever I noticed that that was kind of weird, but the Indians so did was weird. Yeah. So like, I, it might just be like over my head. Maybe there's a financial reason for it. Um, it's just, I think it's just a procedural thing. I don't, I haven't really, I haven't really known how to handle it when we do the write-ups of it for, for Roto world, but I, we're all kind of figuring this out as it goes. Yeah. I think wasn't Zach Plesak sent down. Uh, yeah. James Karen check was sent down and yep. yeah it's just like names you wouldn't have expected to be sent down uh, the I cardinals saw... option tennis cabrera who was like definitely going to be in the bullpen at least I, I don't know yeah the white Sox sent down michael kopech uh that was expected obviously um you know he should probably get some starts in the minors before joining the white Sox, but i'm sure we'll see plenty of him the rays sent down uh nate lowe and brendan mckay yeah uh, the Rays have so many options for as far as position players. It's not shocking that Lowe got sent down, uh, but I do like him quite a bit. Uh, Brendan McKay had a, like some shoulder stif- stiffness in the spring, uh, mm-hmm. so maybe not surprising there either. And it does seem like the Rays want to use their starter. Uh, this is all uh, hypotheticals, but they do want to use their starters a bit more traditionally this year. At least that was the word prior to the spring training shutdown. So. That would be like Yanni Chirinos and and Ryan Yarbrough would get more extended chances as a starter. And if they need uh, depth or an opener, there's Jalen Beeks there, uh, Trevor Richards. So they have plenty of depth there. Um, But I'm sure we'll see see, uh, a lot of Brendan McKay this year too, assuming there's actual games. Yeah, I think the Rays are in such a good position for a shortened season. Or Actually, one Twitter uh, follower brought up to me that like maybe – the advantage goes away because they have like two separate rosters. It feels like guys that can attack lefties and righties and all that pitching. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just, I think with all that pitching, especially if there's some sort of condensed schedule, um, they're, they're positioned to throw really good arms at you. Um, You know, whereas some teams are really going to be fishing, you know, through the 32nd guy on their depth chart to try to throw at you. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers Um, are also really well positioned with the depth and they're like, they need the help but uh, they're yeah. really well positioned with their starting depth too. Um, but I know we started out with Syndergaard here, which is bad news from an injury perspective, but uh, good news is Willie Calhoun. Of course, uh, he was hit in the face by a Julio Arias uh, 95 mile per hour fastball uh, back on March 8th and required surgery for a fractured jaw, but he's made really remarkable progress. He's already begun light workouts and he actually announced on social media Thursday uh, that he was cleared to do some baseball activities again. Uh, so at this point, he should be expected to be ready to rock whenever the season does begin. I do think you have to wonder what an experience like that you know, does to a player. Um, you know, Are they a bit more skittish at the plate? Um, but Calhoun obviously impressed last year. Uh, he hit 269 with 21 homers and an 848 OPS over just 83 games. Uh, with the Rangers last year, is expected to go into this season as the regular left fielder. I actually took Calhoun uh, number 139 in the mock draft that we did Wednesday night uh, for the draft guide. Um, so kind of maybe maybe a little lower than I would have expected going into spring training, um, but still right in line with you know someone you you have high expectations for that they should be ready to go right when the season starts. So. Uh, I really like Calhoun this year, and it's really nice to see he's not going to miss significant time. 
Yeah, he seems to be in in really good spirits. That was a, a scary incident, but yeah, I like him a lot as like a post type sleeper pick. Um, always put up big big time power numbers in the minors, and you mentioned what he did in a short spurt last year. Probably bets third or or even cleanup in that Rangers lineup, which is a, a pretty good lineup. You know, around Elvis Andrews, Joey Gallo, Danny Santana, who had a breakout year last year, uh, Todd Frazier, Shinsu Chu at the top. Um, it could be an okay Rangers team. I, I forget where I put them in my power rankings, like maybe 20th. Um, but, you know, they're not, they're not bad. They got some pitching too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so moving on to the Yankees, they have a ton of injury updates. But I think a lot of them are, are kind of to the point where whenever the season starts, they should be good to go. Giancarlo Stanton was originally expected to miss the start of the season due to a grade one strain of his right calf. Um, that occurred in late February, but he's said to be healed now and would probably be playing if there were games today. Obviously, you worry about someone who appeared in just 18 games last year, but for now, he's in the clear. Interesting one, uh, Aaron Hicks. Aaron Boone said Wednesday that Hicks has begun a throwing program in Arizona. Of course, he had Tommy John sur- coming off from Tommy John surgery. Uh, still needs to progress to swinging, hitting, facing live pitching, all that kind of stuff. And the previous expectation was that Hicks would be ready in June or July. So we were talking mid-season. But at this point, that would be the start of the season, probably, uh, is what what our guess is. James Paxton had surgery in early February to remove a cyst from his spine. The expectation was he'd be ready in mid-May. But right now, (laughs) you can just assume he'll be ready for the year. Paxton, interestingly, in the mock we did Wednesday, he was selected 120th overall. Uh, after Kyle Hendricks and Corey Kluber, I thought that was a great pick. Um, I think it could be a great value. Like, let's say you did an early draft. That's one of those picks that's going to look really good. Yeah, he can never seem to stay healthy. But you know, if the season is only, you know, if you you can get 80 innings out of him, you'll like feel good about it. Um, the, the strikeouts are there and the ERA has, has always been pretty good. And I don't, I don't know what to think about wins anymore. Yeah, um, especially yeah. especially if they're going to be like seven inning games. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've even heard people throw that out there. Like, if there's multiple double headers a week, why aren't those double header games like seven innings each? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's I think it's smart. A possibility. Yeah. I I said something earlier uh, today on Twitter. I think Craig was asking the question like, if you could change one rule in MLB, like what would it be? And I said I something this. like, in the ninth yeah. inning, you should be able to bat in whatever order you want. I actually think that would be better for an extra inning game, not for the ninth inning. You know what I mean? You want to yeah. encourage the offense and you want to get the game over with. Because I, I I, think extra inning games are only fun when it's like, when you're going like 21 innings and it's just deliriously ridiculous. But like, you're wasting your bullpen. You're going to have to send guys down, bring guys up. You could might have a position player throwing and hurt himself. Like, I think you need those games t- to end. You know, can so, a hit can a hitter only bat once per inning? Like, how does that work, though? You just have to. You could you completely redo your lineup with a new oh, okay. lineup card. I got you. I got you. Uh, I think it would be pretty cool, actually. I I kind of like it. Um, it like fundamentally changes baseball. Yeah, but which if, I'm if okay you just, with. You, yeah. For the first okay. nine innings, it's regular baseball, but in the tenth inning, it's a different game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's something. It would, it would be cool to see. You know, I'll yeah. I, I, I kind of like it. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a, I'm a National League guy, you know. I don't like the DH. 
I've come around to the idea of the DH because that means that both Dom Smith and, and Pete Alonso can be in the same lineup and I won't have to worry about one of them being in left field. So <laughs> that would be nice to see for me. Um, and another Yankees update here, Aaron Judge. Probably the most uncertainty with him. Uh, of course, Judge has a stress fracture in his upper right rib. Uh, gave him discomfort over the winter and right into the start of spring training. Uh, no progress really there. Uh, Aaron Boone said Wednesday that Judge is still trying to heal from that. Uh, so it's very much status quo. Uh, the plan calls for him to be reevaluated in a few weeks. He's doing some light workouts, but really not much going on there. Just sort of wait and see. Uh, there's still a chance that Judge could require surgery, which would likely leave him sidelined for at least a couple of months. I've heard maybe three months. Uh, so that's still very much up in the air. Uh, so I really don't know what to do with Judge and drafts even still. The other three that I mentioned, Stanton, Hicks, and Paxton, you know, you'd take them today in a draft, but Judge, uh, it's still a little bit shaky there. Yeah, it's weird that this has lingered since September when what he fell on his side yeah. uh, di- diving for a ball. Um, and like he still isn't over it yet, but yeah, he, he, judge went 56th overall in the draft we did on Wednesday night. Stanton went 80, 83rd, I believe. Hmm. Um, yeah, somewhere in the or 84th. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of trust Stanton more at this point than judge, which Me is too. weird, but I want to flip flop those guys. I know that could, that could change as we move toward actual games, hopefully move toward actual games though. Uh, a name that was on the rise or has been in most of spring training uh, is Nick Anderson with the Rays. Uh, Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times is actually one of the best beat writers mm-hmm. out there. Uh, he did a really thorough notebook of news items recently uh, on the Tampa Bay Times website there, just as far as how things stood uh, with the Rays when spring training was suspended. And one thing that stood out to me was, you know, the Rays haven't uh, announced a closer, named an official closer or anything, but he wrote that the expectation was that Nick Anderson was, was in line to get the bulk of the save opportunities. I think we sort of assume that, but uh, certainly good to hear if you made an investment in Anderson in early drafts. Uh, Diego, Diego Castillo, I think, lingers there in case Anderson stumbles, but um, you know if he gets an opportunity to run away with this gig, uh, we could be talking about a top 10 closer with Anderson, maybe even top five. Like he has serious uh, breakout potential. He did breakout last year, actually. But if you add those saves to the mix, you know, we're talking like top tier closer. 3-3-2 ERA with 110 strikeouts and just 18 walks in 65 innings last year between the Marlins and the Rays. Anderson was selected 130th overall in our mock draft on Wednesday just after Brad Hand and Ken Giles, so kind of right in the fringe of the top 10, pretty much, uh, right before Hector Neris and Craig Kimbrell. Uh, so I think the expectations are high with him, but uh, by all indications, he's going to get those high leverage save spots for the race. Yeah, in more casual leagues, I think he could be a real value um, because it seems like the guys that we were drafting with last night all, all know about Nick Anderson and have, have been talking about him, have, have been tracking the Rays. Uh, bullpen um, situation yeah a 41 to 2 strikeout to walk ratio over his final 21 and a third innings that was after the trade from the Marlins Um, definitely a late bloomer spent some time in independent ball but he he seems to have found his groove Um, could definitely be be super valuable for a Rays team that again we really like even in a shortened season so speaking of the Rays let's get into your power rankings here 
I did take a gander at them, and I also scribbled down my own power rankings. I actually scribbled mine down before seeing yours, uh, which is interesting. Um, Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But we agreed on the number one. I think uh, prior to the Luis Severino news and all sort of the injuries that the Yankees have been dealing with during spring training, I might have put the Yankees at the top. But I think right now it's pretty clear the Dodgers are number one. Yeah, I mean, you add Mookie Betts, uh, the 2018 AL MVP to Cody Bellinger, the 2019 NL MVP in the lineup. It's so deep. Um, you got Walker Bueller, who was going 17th overall in the average Yahoo draft this spring. And um, Kenley Jansen, who was showing better velocity in Cactus League play. I, I, I think there's the bullpen like maybe isn't as good as it should be, but they have a lot of young arms that they can bring up as relievers. We might see Dustin May in the bullpen again. Um, I, I think they're covered in, in every aspect and should really run away with the NL West. For sure. Uh, so the Yankees... I had number two, so did you. We actually mm-hmm. agreed Astros at number three and Nationals at number four. Are we shortchanging the Nationals? Because they're the reigning World yeah. Series champs and there might not be baseball this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they lost Anthony Rendon, which I don't think yep. I, I don't think we should overlook that. Uh, but, you know, the, their rotation, at least that top three, is really, really good. And I think they're still great even without Rendon. But... Uh, Maybe maybe they're a, a tick worse than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, Rendon was a seven-win player, really good offensively, obviously, and good defensively. Um, but we, we've talked about, I think, on last week's episode, how Scherzer and Strasburg and even Corbin could really thrive in a shortened season. Strasburg could use the extra rest after uh, putting up a career-high workload last year, and Scherzer has some durability issues as he ages, and um, you know, Corbin's a, a little shaky sometimes because of the lack of control. But, um, yeah, I mean, those three in a shortened season, I think, should be dominant. Uh, I got a lot of, you know, uh, flack from Braves fans who think they should be ranked higher than the Nationals um, because they did win the NL East last year. Uh, and I, I think there's a case to be made for that. I just I think I would take Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin over Soroka, Fultonevich and Freed. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Uh, yeah. So we we both had the Astros at, at number three. 
I mean, it's 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 odd because if you remember, just even three weeks ago, all we were talking about was the Astros and the sign stealing scandal and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the events of the world kind of put things in perspective a little bit. But you know, once play does resume, I, I mean, it's weird because there might not even be fans in the stands to heckle and boo them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that was expected to be such a big storyline, as you know. The Astros going to, you know, on the road and, you know, getting all that negative attention. Uh, and now, like, I don't know how much of that's really going to be there. You know, uh, there still could be some, you know, fallout between teams that they may face. But I don't know if fans will even be in the stands to, you know, provide that atmosphere to make them uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I like throughout spring training, it, it, it like that story would just not quiet down. It, it almost seems like it was gaining speed as we headed toward opening day, and opposing fan bases were so looking forward to having the Astros in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I mean, I think when baseball does start, it's not going to be in front of forty thousand, you know, a night crowds. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe the, the Astros benefit from a little time off. Justin Verlander had groin surgery in February. He should right. be ready whenever the season starts. Lance McCullers, uh, less of a workload restriction on him coming back from Tommy John's surgery. Jordan Alvarez with his knees. Yep, yep. So, I mean, they're going to they're gonna be a really good team. And if they're playing in front of empty stadiums, I think they're going to do very well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I had the Rays sixth. You had the Rays eighth. I had the we kind of diverged here. I had the Braves seventh. You have them sixth. Uh, you have the A's seventh. I had the A's eighth. But I, I like all three of these teams. Yeah. I mean, th- this is kind of a hard, like, second tier to really sort out. Um yeah, Twins five. I have Braves six, A's seven, Rays eight. I, I don't know. I mean, I like them all. I think they're all all really good teams. I, I really I really like the A's. That it's kind of been my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ninety seven regular season wins and back to back years, only to lose in the AL wild card game. Um, you know, Jesus Lazardo in a shortened season should be nasty. Uh, no workload restriction on him. He threw only 55 innings last year between the minors and majors. AJ Puck uh, had a shoulder strain in, in the spring, but he should be fully healthy. Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya, And then I, I really like the lineup. The lineup was really good last year and it's pretty much unchanged. Um, subbing in like Tony Kemper, Frank, Franklin Barreto for jerks and Profar, who wasn't very good last year. I think they're loaded. I think they're a sneaky world series contender. Me if they too. can just, get past the wild card game or, or somehow win the AL West over the Astros. I mean, just think the past two seasons, like they've gotten by with like the most like patchwork rotation. Yeah. And this year they're going into the season with legitimate talent and I'm excited to see where it could take them. Hopefully, you know, we get to see that come to fruition this year uh, as far as an actual schedule coming together. Um, we actually agreed. I was pretty excited to see that uh, the Reds at number nine, they're probably one of the most exciting teams this year, too. Yeah, I mean, they actually improved this winter, which was weird. <laughs> um, Shogo Akiyama out of Japan, who, who's a, kind of an OBP machine, can be a good leadoff man for them. Um, got some more power in Mike Moustakis. And then we've talked on this podcast how much we like the Nick Castellano signing. Uh, led all of MLB in doubles last year with 58. Um, I already posted a career high 27 home runs last year too. I think he could push for 40 home runs making, you know, well, I mean, in a shortened season, he's not going to hit 40 home runs, but 
Um, just just playing in Great American Ballpark could really boost his his power output. And Trevor Trevor Bauer, you know, um, I think he'll be a lot better than he was last year. Anthony Desclafani, Luis Castillo, I, I like their pitching. Um, I like their bullpen too. I, I think it's a really good team. I think they underachieved a bit last year and um, could maybe overachieve this year. And I, I think the NL Central, like I rank the Reds, Cardinals, and Cubs 9, 10, 11. Um, I think it'll be a three-team race. I, I have the Brewers w- way down. I think I had them in 18th. Hmm. Um, just don't really like that team beyond Christian Yelich and Keston Hira. I mean, I look at the roster. I guess Brandon Woodruff um, – you know, should be solid. Adrian Hauser, uh, some Roto World folks like him. Uh, Josh Hader, obviously, is one of the best relievers in baseball, but there is not a lot of depth on that roster. And they had a plus three run differential last year and, and won 89 games. I don't think that's going to happen again. I had um, the Brewers 16th in my yeah. rankings. I had the Cubs lower than the Brewers, for what it's worth. Wow. If they lose one pitcher at the Cubs, if they lose Darvish or Hendricks, like oh, yeah. that's, it's going to be rough. Yeah, I agree. The lineup is still good, though. You know, Bryant still there, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, Schwarber, Ian Happ. Um, but yeah, I don't know if 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 Darvish or Hendricks goes down, I don't know who they plug in. I mean, they already have Tyler Chatwood back in the rotation. Oof. That's Not and inspiring. Jose Quintana has has seen better years. John Lester is like a batting practice machine. You could see th- you could see things going really wrong for the Cubs. I agree. Yeah. Um, so two teams that I think, uh, certainly with what's happened with Noah Syndergaard, I think two teams that could threaten for a wild card spot, uh, this year, at least assuming we have traditional playoffs, uh, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, I think they're coming in with some momentum this year too. Yeah. I think Starling Marte was an awesome addition for the top of the lineup. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, who kind of fell into their lap, uh, cause he wanted to live in Arizona, I guess, if mm-hmm. we're to believe that. Um, and then Cattell Marte, obviously, if he can just come anywhere close to matching his breakout year last year, finish fourth in the NL MVP. Um, Carson Kelly, uh, Christian Walker, David Peralta, if he can stay healthy. It's it's and Eduardo Escobar had 35 home runs and 118 RBIs a year ago. Ho hum. Yeah, yeah. right. Luke Weaver. Um, you know, I, I that's a that's a good team. It is. It's um, a sneaky good team. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. I had them at 12. I had the Phillies at 13. Um, and Spencer Howard, I guess, could be a consideration for the opening day rotation in Philadelphia. That could be a big boost uh, to that pitching staff, which was 17th in combined ERA last season. And then Andrew McCutcheon gets a couple more months to uh, rehab his ACL tear. I think he's an important table setter for that lineup, even as he pushes into his mid to late 30s. I really wanted to push the White Sox higher. I see that you had them in 14th. I'm basically in the same area. I think they're right on the cusp. And if some of this young talent emerges, you know, Luis Robert, we're going to see him from the jump. Uh, If Michael Kopech can come up and make a huge impact, they're a team that could make the playoffs. Yeah, I I want to rank them higher. Um, Like you said, uh, I I feel the same way. It's just like I I need some results first. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think I think they had the talent to do it. I uh, bringing in Yasmani Grandal, Dallas Keuchel, Edwin Encarnacion. I thought was a really good under the radar signing. Maybe they get something out of Nomar Mazzara. Um, you talked about Robert and Eloy Jimenez. I think sophomore year Eloy Jimenez could go crazy. Um, I think Dylan Cease could could be better than he was last year. Giolito can build off what he did and. Yeah, Kopech and and the the bullpen has you know some holes in it, but it's Alex Colomay is pretty solid. Um, I 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that roster. It's just hard to rank them in the top 10 without seeing something first. Yeah. And maybe you could say the same thing for the Reds, but they, they brought in some some more established players. Yeah, Grandal should be really good for that pitching staff um, and yeah. beneficial to the young pitchers too. Um, so definitely interesting to watch them whenever we see games be played. Uh, the Indians, I think, are people are sleeping on the Indians, maybe. Uh, they still have tons of really good talent. I know they're not as as deep, especially in the rotation, as they used to be with high end talent. Um, but I still think they're a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean the the delayed season will help Mike Clevenger, who should be fully recovered from knee surgery uh, by the time games get going. Francisco Lindor, Lindor is still there. They have not traded him. Jose Ramirez, um, you know, a couple of big time fantasy players right there. Fernando Reyes, I like a lot as a, a deep, well, not a, like a middle round outfielder with a lot of pop. Um, I thought Cesar Hernandez was kind of a sneaky good signing. Domingo Santana can't really play the field, but he can hit. Um, Carlos Santana had a, one of the best years of his career last year. Oscar Mercado, if he can build off what he did as a rookie. Um, yeah, I, I think they're pretty good. Um, I probably should have ranked them higher than 15th, but I don't know. They didn't do enough to improve over the offseason, so That's I, I, pen, sure. I penalized them. So the Padres were another team I wanted to move up, but I just couldn't mm-hmm. really find the, the justification for it. Um, but just think about if we're talking about an 80-game season, uh, Denelson Lamette, you don't have to worry about workload. Chris Paddock, you don't have to worry about workload. Uh, Garrett Richards, he's not going to be pushing himself to throw 150 innings. Maybe you see Mackenzie Gore. They're another team that could make a huge leap this year. Yeah, a lot like the White Sox. Like, yep. just need to see some results, and they can move up fast. Right. So, where um, did you have the Mets before the Syndergaard thing? Like, where would you put them? I guess. Um, that's. Uh, you're acting like I I actually mapped this out because <laughs> I I would have had them like number ten or something. Yeah, I I think that's probably right. I I would have had them right around the Phillies, who I had at twelve. Yeah. Um, probably a little bit ahead of the Phillies, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it really so, hurts that much. It really does. And not only because like yeah. Noah Syndergaard has the potential to be, you know, an ace-like pitcher, but it's just the way that it pushes everything else in the rotation where now the Mets are depending on Michael Waka uh, to stay healthy and be their fifth starter. And that makes me uncomfortable. Also, Rick Porcello was terrible last year. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're relying on him to be your fourth starter. Um, so it's, yeah, it's not great. I got a lot of flack for uh, putting the Angels at 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, have Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, and brought in Anthony Rendon for seven years, 245 million. But I don't know. I don't. I look at that pitching staff, and I'm. I just. I don't think they did enough. I, Julio Tehran uh, signed to a one-year, nine million dollar deal. He's somehow managed to post ERAs in the threes a lot, but he, he's issued 80 plus walks in consecutive seasons. Um, fastball velocity way down. Dylan Bundy looked really good um, in the Cactus League this spring, and getting out of Baltimore could certainly help him. I like him as like a late round fantasy sleeper, but you know a five one three ERA over his last sixty one starts, um, so he has some proving to do before I can really buy into that. Griffin and Andrew, Canning, Andrew, yeah, Griffin Canning too hurt, or I guess maybe he'll be he'll be back, but I kind of don't trust that his yeah, elbows you, you can't count on him i mean and no. i guess otani might be ready to pitch whenever the season begins 
Yeah. So that's, that's kind cool. of a bonus for the Angels. And you know, if it if this is a condensed schedule and they're trying to squeeze in a bunch of games, the Angels were probably going to use six starters anyway. Um, but they can certainly watch his workload. So he's going to be in the mix there too. Uh, but yeah, generally, I, you know, that rotation, I don't trust them necessarily to stay healthy and they just don't really have the quality depth. Um, obviously they did try to sign Garrett Cole. It didn't work out, but you know, Anthony Rendon, not a, not a bad backup plan. So I had angels, 18 brewers, 19. We talked about them Rangers, 20, um, we talked about them too. I, I'm I'm interested to see what their their new retractable roof stadium looks like and plays like. I think it'll be a little more pitcher friendly because you have the controlled environment, especially on those hot days in Texas. Um, brought in Corey Kluber to pair with Mike Miner and, and Lance Lynn. Um, I think they could kind of be a riser. I, I don't think their ceiling is real high, but I think they have a decent floor. You know what's interesting about your list here? Just to, yeah. an observation, like. The top 20, 21 teams, maybe even 22, you had the Red Sox. I could all I could see all these teams being 500 or better. Yeah, that's a change from previous years, isn't it? Yeah. But but the, but then you look at you know the Orioles, Tigers, Pirates, Mariners, Giants, and Royals. Yeah. And I don't know, the Marlins could be okay, but the bottom five, bottom six, is real bad. It is. It is. But yeah, but that the middle class of baseball, I think, is much improved. And that's probably a, a result of, you know, tanking operations starting to finally bear some fruit. When you look at that AL Central again, has two of the worst teams, the Royals uh, and the Tigers, uh, the Orioles. You know, I think they could be. Well, it's hard to say, that, you know, that they're worse than last year. But, you know, on paper, <laughs> they probably will be, especially the rotation looks really terrible there. Um, the Giants obviously don't have high expectations for them. The Rockies are a weird team. They seem to have high, high expectations for themselves, despite not doing anything during the offseason. Um, so I, I'm curious, though, if there is a shortened season, like, will there actually be a trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question for a lot of these teams in, in the bottom third. I don't know. I, I don't really know how you do it. Yeah. Like what, when would it be? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, if the season starts in June, you could do it in like early August. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, it's hard to say without knowing what the plan is. Right. Um, I don't have a good answer for that, but yeah, I mean the Rockies with Nolan Arenado, that's, that's a big deal. Um, and then all these teams trying to rebuild, especially with the draft you know, only being five rounds potentially, and then pushing the international signing period, um, possibly pushing all of those international free agents to 2021. Um, you know, so teams can't really spread out their, their signing money creatively. I, yeah. It's going to hurt some of some of these rebuilding teams who probably didn't have a, a great negotiating chip. Um, like they, they can be outvoted by the owners who don't tank. Right. Essentially. Yeah. I think the Rockies are sort of that team like they could go either way and we'll just have to see how it plays out. But I don't have super high expectations for them. You have the Blue Jays 21 and the Red Sox 22. Um, The Blue Jays are an exciting team uh, just because all the young talent they have. Nate Pearson coming up too. So it's not exclusive to the hitting side. They have a top prospect pitcher who I think is going to be really exciting this year. They signed Hyunjin Ryu. 
I don't know. I, I don't trust him to stay healthy. I think we might have seen his best season already. Not might. We definitely did, especially yeah. coming over to the AL East. But, um, you know, adds a proven arm, at least at the top of the rotation there. Uh, so the Blue Jays are interesting. The Red Sox have tons of talent, but the rotation is really, really shaky. Eduardo Rodriguez, now their top pitcher. Of course, Chris Sale had Tommy John or needs Tommy John surgery. David Price traded in the Mookie Betts deal. Just not a lot of depth there. Yeah, I didn't get a single message from a Red Sox fan disagreeing, which is a rare thing. Um, because I, for the last two years, I've done these power rankings every week, and I always get a couple Red Sox fans chiming in. Um, but I don't think they necessarily disagree with having them all the way down at 27. Like you talked about. the Still in mourning from Tom Brady leaving. Yeah, that could be it. But yeah, <laughs> Martin Perez and Ryan Weber and Brian Johnson basically making up Oof, man, that's, over over that's, a half of your rotation. That's but yeah, I mean, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Andrew Benintendi. The offense should be fine, um, but that's 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 some bad pitching, um, especially in the AL East. They, they're going to get rocked a lot. That'll, those will be some some five hour uh, Yankees oh, no. Red Sox games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> make all make all the Yanks, Yankees Red Sox games seven innings this season. How about we do that? That sounds great. <laughs> so that that's our power rankings. Um, hopefully, there's actual games to be played and you can do your weekly power rankings again. That sounds like that would be great. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really would, man. I really would. I, I want the workload. Yeah. So for that, for now, we just have to wait and hope for the best. Uh, obviously, stay safe out there. That will do it for this week's show. If you're enjoying what you're hearing with these episodes, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. We'd really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew's at Drew Silve. Until next time, stay safe out there. Take care. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.